Hi, you're listening to Queensland Theatre's Quality Time podcast. This week, our Artistic Director, Lee Lewis, is joined for a catch-up by our Associate Director, Travis Dowling. In his role, Travis facilitates many of our young artist ensembles, as well as directed our 2016, 17 and 19 scene project productions. His recent main stage work with the company includes directing Antigone and assisting with the direction of Emerald City, Twelfth Night and Much Ado About Nothing. Enjoy! Hello everybody, my name is Lee Lewis, I'm the Artistic Director here at QT and thank you for joining us for a bit of quality time in this strange period in our history. You have a little bit more time to sit and delve into what this company is and so do I, which is great because I just started here at the beginning of the year and I'm still getting to know everybody in the company. Beautiful company, beautiful people doing extraordinary things. And so I thought as I learn about the company, you might like to as well. So I have dragooned everyone that works in the company to sit and talk for me, talk with me for about an hour about what it is they do in the company. Because I have to say, you, it, it seems like a straightforward thing, a theatre company, but when you delve down into the different jobs and the different things that have to happen to just get things on stage, yes, but also to widen out the idea of what a theatre company is, there are extraordinary things that happen inside this company. And to tell us today about some of the work we do in the youth and education field is Travis Dowling, who is the Associate Director of that program. Is that right? Have I got that right? Yes. Okay, excellent. <laughs> I'm learning all of these titles. So what happens is I come into the company and I meet a lot, of, a lot of people in the company. I say, what is it that you do? And when Travis started talking to me about what he does in the company and what the company is dedicated to insofar as its commitment to the youth and education sphere, I was blown away. And it's one of the most extraordinary things in all of the companies around the country. I have to say this is the most developed program for young people both in their regular lives, but also in the way theatre connects to education. And so I suppose I just wanted to open it up to you, Travis, because on an artistic level, it's a very specific thing that you do, developing young people as artists. Can you give me a, a sense of, of, first of all, how you got into this? Yeah, well, I started off kind of, I did drama at school. Yeah. And um, just to let everyone in a secret, I did, I failed it actually. In grade 11, failed drama and kind of like started on a, a path where I kind of went away from that. Um, I was passionate about it but couldn't get my head around the kind of theory stuff sometimes. Uh, so I started an engineering degree um, and then I met these kind of people in the quadrangle of my university yeah. uh, and they looked pretty cool. <laughs> and they were, all, they were all the actors in the acting program. Yeah. I went, I used to love that. That was my thing and I'm not really enjoying my engineering degree. So I just, I rocked up and auditioned for the acting. Yeah. Of course. And they went, oh, don't think you're going to be a very good actor, mate. Oh, oh. <laughs> but they were right. <laughs> I have tried it. Not very good at it. Um, then I kind of went, well, what are the other opportunities there? And kind of got into the theatre studies kind of thing, which is a, a kind of an, an overarching view of what theatre is, kind of, and it's the other side that isn't acting. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. It's interesting, isn't it? Because a lot of people start like that. They think that it's about the acting, yeah. but actually then they learn that it's about so many other things. And Absolutely. they end up, you know, that, that I'm always interested in that question of a life in theatre. Yeah. I knew from when I was very little that I would have a life in theatre. But I assured my dad when I was about 12 that I might not always be an actor. <laughs> I thought I was interested in other things too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it turns out I was right. Yeah. And that funny thing about a life in the theatre, and it's lucky, I suppose, there's that handful of cool-looking people in the quad yeah. led you towards something which you are now a specialist in. Yeah, I'm, I'm really lucky, actually. Funny enough, a few of the, some of those people in that quad I have worked with throughout my whole career, which yeah. is the other beautiful thing, you know. Um, but I think through that course and, and through the experiences that I had, I got a really huge kind of rounded um, education and knowledge of what the theatrical arts are and yeah. what a life in the theatre could be. It's yeah. a really good way to put it. And then, and then I kind of finished that degree and I just went, well, what am I going to do? So I walked up this, to this company called Backbone, yeah. which is Backbone Youth Arts then, which is an incredible youth arts company here in Brisbane. Uh, they work with young people from all ages. Um, I encourage anyone to go check out their yeah. website. They're awesome. Um, and there was a man called Fraser Caulfield who was the oh, artistic Fraser. director okay. there. Um, and he's now the artistic director of the Australian Theatre for Young People mm-hmm. um, and who I quite regularly keep in contact with. And I just went, hey, mate, can I have a job? Like, just super arrogant. <laughs> no, you, it's what you've got to do, though. Yes, totally. Often you've just got to be, have the courage to walk in the door and say, I'll do anything. Can yeah. I have a job? Totally. Yeah. Um, and he gave me a job. Yeah. Um, it was unpaid for the first little bit, you know, as, as most industries are. But as soon as I started doing it, I just went, oh, I love working with young people. These yeah. people are smarter than me. Yeah. And I'm learning, I'm learning things from them constantly. So from there, like from that day onwards, yeah. I just went, actually, this is going to be my path. That, that I thought I wanted to be a director and that's it. Um, you know, and I have directed and yeah. I've directed main stages for yeah, this company. Yeah. Um, so that's a huge passion of mine still, but... I think there's something that just went, like, flipped in my head in terms of me as an artist and a human. The energy and the intelligence and the possibility that I got from working with young people inspired me Um, and inspired me to be a better person and a better artist and constantly makes me, made me and makes me reflect on myself as a human and a practitioner. I think for me, I need to reflect all the time. Like, I come back, see what I'm doing as a person as I'm, like, wading through the, the, the crazy world at the moment. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that's, that was the moment. I, 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 talking to Fraser, that, yeah. that one moment, super early, didn't know what it was happening, you know, didn't yeah. know what was going to come of it. I just wanted a job. <laughs> you know yeah, I mean? it's true. Yeah. Well, it's that funny thing, isn't it? Part of a life in the theatre is following down an instinct yeah. towards something because there is no path. And there is no right version of it. And it's always going to, like, fall out from under you. I think that's why, at the moment, given the complexity of what, what we're going through with COVID-19, yeah. in a funny way, theatre artists are kind of used to the, the, the rug being pulled out from under them. So everybody's sort of going, oh, yeah, right, OK. Yes, of course, the impact is huge because people are losing so much work. Yeah. But at the same time, artists live in a constantly changing year yeah. you know you, you do well in an audition suddenly you're getting on a plane and going to Toronto and living for three months yeah. you know what I mean so that it's a different kind of planning life planning yeah. that you're, you're fit for but I mean at the moment you're in this slightly slightly weird position because in the company you had your plan for the year what was going to happen and you've got a, an extraordinary plan of activities and programs for the young people it's always I mean I think my job's super weird <laughs> like but super exciting because I don't, day to day, nothing's the same. 
Sure, but you had a, there's a yes. plan. Yeah, totally. There's yeah. a plan. I mean, and, and that's kind of how the plan fits in. I suppose when we're, we, we're talking about the, the, the program, I mean, I'm so close to all the programs, so I'm not, I'm not going to favouritise. Let's go to the, the young artist ensembles. Okay, oh, let's start with the ensembles. Good, good one to start. Okay, with. so we've got these ensembles, yeah. and it's from years 8 to 12, yeah. but they're different groups, right? It's yes. We've got a Monday night group, uh, uh, which is the 8s to 9s. A Tuesday night group, with a, which is grade 10s, uh, Wednesday night group, which is grade 11s, and uh, Thursday night group, which is grade 12s. And the 11s and the 12s are performance ensembles, and the 8s and 9s and 10s are training ensembles. So the training ensembles don't perform for pu- the public? Yeah, they, they yeah. kind of like do a showing at the end of the year, low tech, for their friends kind of and friends and yeah, family. Okay. The reason for that, I suppose, is because it's really about them kind of an introduction to craft and yeah. a growing of their craft with their incredible ideas in a safe, safe space. Yeah. Yeah. And as soon as you have a performance, it exposes people of any age. Yeah. And I suppose protecting them in their early years from that pressure is actually important. I think so. Yeah. And, and, you know, these young people are extraordinary. So they, they, they will go and perform in other places. Yeah. You know, so for us here, it's really about kind of going... Don't worry about the lights, the sound, the music at the moment. Like, all that stuff's super, super important, and that's what builds a world. But firstly, you need to build the world of your character or the world of your performance and your dramaturgical skills as an actor and an artist, which is kind of the pathway through a character or yeah. the pathway through a work and their understanding of that. Yeah. So a lot of these young people, they love drama, they do it, probably doing it at school, but they're probably one of a handful of people that are really into it at school. So the ensemble is a chance for them to delve into craft, probably yeah. more than their peers at school would be interested in doing. Is that right? Oh, I think so. I think yeah. you're 100% right about that. They're, the, they're that theatre kid that is sitting there going, you know what, I think I want to do this yeah. for the rest of my life. Because it's quite a big commitment, isn't it? Oh, it's, an, it's a night, one night a week all the way through the year. Yeah, one night a week, three hours, um, three hours on that night. But then there's... It's kind of so so many other commitments that come mm. with the program. They they'll come and see all of our shows mm-hmm. uh, when they're on. Yeah. Um. You, you know they'll they'll gather together. They'll do kind of specialty workshops outside of it. And that, there's kind of a community of 97 young people that they're a part of and learn from. Yeah. So. And it's amazing uh, for me in the wider community the number of people that say, "Oh, I, I was in the ensemble." And yeah. you kind of go, "The ensembles have been going for a long time." Yeah. And there's a depth of depth of connection into the wider community that is quite extraordinary. There are people inside the company that started in ensembles. Yes. <laughs> it's amazing. There's, there's people in the company that started at TRW, which, which is, is Theatre Residency Week, okay. which is, this is its 50th year. Because, of course, it started with the beginning of the company, yep. wasn't it? The thought, yep. So the thought of young people as young artists has been in the company since its very beginning. It's in the DNA of the it's company, isn't it? absolutely embedded. I think it's yeah. an amazing way to put it. It's embedded deep in the DNA of it. It would be impossible to separate it. Yeah. And, I mean, I think looking at this company, and I've had the privilege of working for so many companies across the country, but this company has a beautiful kind of community feel to it and a, and a feel of experimentation and growth that just, just, just happens. And I think it's because these, these programs, and because these programs have been around for so long, but because the, the youth and ed and the next generation of artists and the next generation of stories and storytellers 
have been embedded in it for You so see, there's long. this amazing thing that happens every night in a company, uh, which is very unusual. You've, the, de- the work day in the office will be finishing up, and at about five o'clock, this wave of young energy comes <laughs> in because they're all arriving and they w- walk through the administration office to get to the rehearsal rooms. So there's this real bubble of energy that comes late in the day, and they get used to being part of the company. Yeah. And we get used to them being in the building, and they're rehearsing in the same rehearsal rooms that, that the main stage productions are rehearsing in. Then they're, you know, they're downstairs in this, in this space, in yeah. this theatre, uh, and on stage in the Bill Brown. And you kind of go, it's really, from year eight, really, we've got young people starting to feel like they belong in this company. Oh, 100%. <laughs> I think, you know, I think the model of it is really interesting for me because, I mean, this, this is what sport does so well sometimes. And, I mean, not sometimes. I mean, Auskick is such a good example yeah. of... Of, of a model that kind of looks at the next generation and uses their sports heroes to help, to kind of go, this is the game, this is how we play it, and I will talk to you and I'll, I'll be around you and, and I'll mentor you, even if it's yeah. only for like, you know, five minutes, yeah, ten minutes. Yeah, well, you see, it's that thing. People talk about mentoring. We always think it has to be a big program. Sometimes it's just having a three-minute conversation yeah, while right. you're getting a cup of tea. Yeah, that's exactly It says, right. oh, no, it's kind of good, and you give, that, you give a young person that... Just that feeling that actually there are good people working in this industry and I'd like to work with them. Yeah, I agree. You know? So it feels like having those 97 young yeah. artists here, it, it feels like the Auskick model. Yeah. You know, and it feels like those, those young people are, as you said, they're meeting the people that they idolise and they can see a clear pathway for themselves, so now, I reckon. Theatre Residency Week is a different thing because that's not the ensembles, is it? That's no. from around the state. Yes. Yeah. So... Generally, what happens over the last forty-nine years? Yeah, uh, we have gathered a um, hundred young people from across the state uh, at a boarding school um, in Brisbane, and they kind of fly in and they spend a week kind of doing what they love, making theatre with some of the most extraordinary teaching artists in the country, um, and they kind of spend the week meeting a bunch of those artists, whether they're actors, directors, writers. Um, and, and they kind of build a kind of performance for the end, but, but kind of like get a bunch of skills throughout yeah. the way, a bunch of kind of specialised skills. Uh, and then they get to kind of like all sleep over in a boarding house together and, and talk. They just talk about theatre for a whole week. And, oh, my God. And they, I would have killed to do I know, that. I know. I, <laughs> look, I, I came from Mount Isa and, and I didn't know it existed, you know, and if I did, I would have been there, I think, um, because it's an extraordinary experience for those young artists and you just see them kind of... You see them flourishing not only in their artistry but in the potential that is outside of where they come from. And whether that's like, whether that's school or home or whatever, they go, here's the community. You look, I I grew up in the country and there wasn't anything like that that I could get to. I was always looking for it, you know, and kind of wondering. But, uh, But that feeling of being able to connect with people that are interested in the same thing as you. Yeah. It's an amazing injection of possibility yeah. right at the point where you're feeling like trapped. You know, it was a, you know, it wasn't a bad little country town I grew yeah. up in, but I definitely felt trapped in it. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I, I'm from the well, I was 15,000 where I came from. How big was yours? I was tw- uh, tw- eight. 25, 25. Yeah, so you, yeah. you get to know everybody, don't yeah. you? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and especially if you're in theatre because you're generally the kid standing up and making a speech or something yeah, like that totally. so they all know you. So it gets very small. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I suppose that leads me on to the exciting thing that we're doing this year, and we're still going to well, press ahead. Yeah. Okay. So this year, of course, beginning of the year, suddenly we just started. We had our, uh, our ensembles just started. Yes. Uh, and then suddenly shut down. Yes. They can't come into the theatre. We can't get together as a group. Yeah. 
And for these young people, this is, you know, they audition for these ensembles. It's something they really want to do. Uh, suddenly it looked like they weren't going to be able to do it. So what, the extraordinary thing that happened was the, the, the Ethernet team turned around and within the space of two weeks figured out how to put the entire program for the year, if necessary, into the digital format. Yeah. And not only the ensembles, but the work that we do with schools, which is yeah. the scene project, which yes. we haven't talked about. Yes, well, yes. But there's a whole project involving school teachers and students around the state, uh, which normally culminates in everybody getting together and, and presenting their interpretation of a play that is commissioned especially for them, yeah. which couldn't happen. And suddenly the teachers were facing having to turn around and do all of their work and teach online in term two. Yeah. And what you guys did, which was amazing to watch, was immediately reimagine all of the work and see how it could be delivered online. So tell me what that has been like. Well, that's been a learning curve, uh, but an extraordinary learning curve. Yeah, we, I, I think, yes, we move very quickly, and, and that's because we have an incredible education manager here, Emma Fennell, who kind of has so many links into the the drama community in Queensland. And she, she is a teacher. She is a teacher, was a teacher, is a teacher, will, potentially will be a teacher again, but is an education manager at the moment. And she kind of just went, you know what, if I was in the position that my colleagues are now, I would want this content straight away. A full kind of eight units of work with digital workshops that are filmed, uh, instructional videos from the writers. Um, from our teaching artists. From, from amazing teaching artists. Mm-hmm. We've done a physical. We've built. We built a uh, a bedroom in this space. Uh, a, a kind of what we think is a teenager's bedroom in this space. Uh, we yet to get feedback on that video. They might be like, "That's not what a bedroom should look like." Yeah, it wasn't really messy <laughs> enough, apparently. Yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, and we had some incredible artists like Alan Bailey, um, Stephen Peary, um, Jackson McGovern, kind of deliver workshops on how to approach a monologue. Uh, we had David Burton kind of talk about how what the play he wrote was, how he wrote it, the history of it, and kind of what was in his brain as a writer. So I think actually what it did was provide something kind of more in-depth than it would have been with the project. It was more in-depth than it would have been in the kind of normal delivery of the project. And that's the huge kind of learning for us. So we're actually learning how to do it better. That's what I think yeah, is okay, pushing that's us into a place where we go, it was working perfectly before, um, but now, well, maybe it wasn't perfectly before because now we know how to do it better. Yeah, so, you know? you know, again, the opportunity that sits inside this time is for us to actually look at what it is that we do, refine it, and build that knowledge into the company going forward. And what's been exciting to me is that while the scene, scene program, project is amazing and was reaching so many schools around the state, uh, in the digital format, it's actually reaching so many more. Yeah. And so that's throwing back the challenge to us, having now engaged with schools that couldn't work on a scene project before, how do we not lose them next year? So yeah. having gone from, uh, can you do this all digitally in two weeks, can you figure it out? Now it's like, okay, so how do we not lose this next year? So how do we do double the work totally, double next the year? Work, double the work. Double the outcomes and double the experience yeah. for the incredible young artists and teachers in regional Queensland. Because um, I think our job as a theatre company and a department is to support teachers, to support drama teachers uh, and English teachers um, and their students in access to the arts and how to build craft and build capacity in terms of access. And I think that's, this is the exciting thing moving forward for this project, going it can happen more and bigger. 
Yeah, because you're not exhausted enough yet. Oh, you never. <laughs> I feel like if you're not asleep, you need to keep working if you're in the theatre because yep. it's fun at the same time as it's hard. So tell me just a little bit about the play that was commissioned this year for the Scene Project, because every year there's a there's a new play that's commissioned yes. specifically with the, with the instructions given to the playwrights that. It's not finished until the students have worked with it. So yes. they get to take the play and reshape it the way that they would like to do it, which is a very specific ask to give to playwrights. Yes, yeah, Giving over a bit of like control. That. Some playwrights don't like it and that's fair enough. Yeah, that's not fair enough. But I'm interested in how we get our great playwrights writing for younger people. Yes. Rather than seeing it as separate to their regular practice. Yeah, I so, agree. so who have you uh, who have you commissioned over the years, and who did you commission for this year's work? Um, so over over the last few years, uh, we've commissioned uh, playwrights like Daniel Evans, Maxine Mello. Yeah, Maxine Mello's done it. Merlin Tong, mm-hmm. who also did Antigone with us, has done it. Um, Angela Betsian, mm-hmm. who is one of the most incredible writers for young people in the country. Um, and this year, uh, we've commissioned David Burton who is a novelist, uh, a playwright. He wrote St Mary's in Exile for the company. Um, and he's written a play called Wisdom. And it's an incredible piece of work. Let's say for young people, but I'm going to go... It's just, a, just an incredible piece of work. It's actually a piece about youngness yes. in this country yeah. and our obsession with youngness. And he's taken it to almost a sci-fi extreme about a world where you can stay young. Yes. And what are the social, societal implications of that? Yeah. And I, I got to see her just right at the point where we were shutting down. It was one of the last things we did was yeah. we filmed a group, of, uh, a group of actors performing a reading of the script uh, as a piece of provocation for all of the different students and teachers who'd be working on it so that they had a piece of source material to yeah. work with. And hearing that story, I was like, oh, this is interesting. Yeah. You know, and it won't be played out for, pu- for the public. The public doesn't necessarily get to see this no. work but it, because it's the students who come together. So explain to me how the scene project so, works. So we, we, we'll commission that work and we've sent it out to 100 schools across the state, which is awesome. Uh, and their teachers slash directors will work with their students to kind of, for, a, for a kind of whole term and a half, two terms, working on what that play is. Um, and, and they will kind of create a 15-minute version of what that is. There's, there's kind of no holes barred. Um, mm-hmm. In the past, we've got someone, a, a group of young people that have gone, well, we don't like this play. We're going to use this word and we're going to make our own play. <laughs> and because we use this word that was in the play, still the same play. <laughs> um, but generally, we get um, young people just absolutely engaging with it. And they'll create their 15-minute version with their teacher's director. We'll... we'll under normal circumstances, send an artist out, one of our incredible teaching artists, to work with the students and the teacher. And then when they've kind of made that 15-minute version over a term or two terms, um, they will gather wherever they are in a professional venue. So if they're in uh, Brisbane Metro, they'll come to the Billy Brown. If they're kind of in Redcliffe, Southside, they'll go to the Redlands Performing Centre. If they're in Gladstone, they'll go to the Pilbium. So it's kind of a professional theatre they'll gather in and they'll gather in groups of four to five schools and they'll perform it to each other. And then kind of while that's all happening, we're rehearsing up a version uh, with four actors from Queensland Theatre and we'll tour that version around. So, oh, so they'll see a performance by four actors and then they'll have already had their own performances. So they must be pretty harsh critics. Oh, it's, a, <laughs> well, it's amazing. I mean, it works both ways because they'll have their four performances first. And mm. what you'll see is this beautiful collegial kind of attitude and, and community spirit about the work because they all kind of know the work. They know how hard it is to make the work. They know this, the kind of the roadblocks and the successes that they all had. 
So they kind of are absolutely kind of supporting each other. But yes, when it comes to the professional one afterwards, which they love, there's always a like, oh, I think I did that better. <laughs> which and, is great. But in fact, sometimes they, they have. They yeah. absolutely have. Yeah. Um, and, and, and also, again, that's that, it's that model of those young people kind of seeing a professional actor that they've seen on screen or a show here going, I'm playing the same role as them in the same space. And that's the really interesting thing for me is the seamlessness of experience. There's not a, the only difference between the young performer and the older performer is time. Exactly. I think that's a beautiful way to put it. It's time in, in, in terms of Yeah, their so the craft that comes with that craft. and the training and the commitment, all of that sort of stuff. But for a young person to kind of go, I am doing the same thing. Mm. And it's, it's always a, that thing that I, I find a lot, of, uh, a lot of actors have, a lot of performers have when they get older and have kids. They realise that actually having kids teaches them how to play again. Yes. And they remember yeah. what play actually is. Yeah. And we do call it a play for a reason. Yeah, yeah, totally. But it's about that skilled play. Yeah. And ultimately, but ultimately there's no difference yeah. between the 14-year-old playing, playing the role and the 27-year-old playing That's the role. That's right. But, and it's almost the yeah. triangle because there's no difference between those two and then there's no difference to the other 14-year-old from the other school that they've never met before mm-hmm. playing the same role. It draws people together in a really interesting way around the yeah. possibility of, a fu- again, a future in the theatre life. Absolutely. Yeah. And also for them, because often in classrooms we are... We're going through work because it's on the curriculum that, 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 that teachers have gone through many times and, and students have kind of read these plays and it's a brand new work that they have ownership over. Mm. And it's, they're working out how to tell a new story with a new story and have the agency to go, this is a version of it, but this is my version of it or our version of it. And I think there's something really special about them wrestling with new work and new stories. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So... In the scheme of the work that you do in the year, what are your favourite bits? That's, that is so... It's very, very tricky. I think there's a favourite bit that happens for me every day. Um, I reckon it's any time I'm with a group of young people, whether I've been working with them for a year uh, in our ensemble programs or whether it's a one-off kind of scene project workshop or it's 100 young people that have gathered from the state. I, I love that moment where... I'm trying to communicate to them a, a skill that I'm trying to pass on and then I see them take it or an idea, a skill or an idea or a concept that, that I'm kind of trying to pass on and I just see them go, that's cool, mate, but here's the better version of it and here's, here's the version that's our version and you see some incredible moments in theatre. I, I think that I'm privileged and I get to see some moments in theatre that no one else gets to see. Um, apart from those young people or me or all the kind of facilitators that are with me. And for me as a kind of human and a, and a, and a theatre worker, that's where my craft grows and that's where my humanity grows, seeing young people kind of wrestle with these, these ideas, these new stories, these abstract concepts sometimes and seeing them kind of be able to kind of put them in their own mouths and their own bodies and go, actually, this is what our generation is making sense of these now. Or this is how our generation or this group of people makes sense of this and this is how we're going to tell it. And it can be electric and inspiring. Sometimes I'm rolling around the floor laughing. Sometimes I'm weeping. And well, that's the privilege I get every day to kind of when I'm working with these young people. Um, and it's just, I mean, I, I don't know who I am without it now, which, I, you know, when, when I reflect back on it, I go... That, that's weird that I don't know who I am without it. But then I go, actually, what a privilege 
to have that as a part of my soul and my artistry and my craft, mm. for me to have grown through them and those experiences. So I think that's my favourite part of my job. <laughs> that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, look, it's an interesting thing because I kind of go, okay, so a billionaire walks into the company and says, you can have as much money you want. What could, what could you do with unlimited funds? I think, I think my thing would be increasing the access and the ease of access to our programs across the state, across the country. Yeah. I see how many kids audition for the ensembles oh. and I, I, go, I, I look at what it does to those young people in the course of a year, what it gives them, and I just kind of go, I want more of our kids to have access to that. I agree. Yeah. And, and I, I think theatre is for, I think every young person in this state and this country deserves access to a theatrical be, experience a, if they want it. Ideal world, that should be the given and they opt out when they That's, don't want it yeah, as I opposed agree. to they've got to fight for access to it. Yes, I agree. Yeah, um, because the transformation that can happen when you watch young people being given the, t- the tools that you're talking about, about building a character, building a character is really understanding another human. It's empathy. It's yeah, empathy. and that question of, especially in a time when value systems are falling away, how do we build new values if not by understanding the people around us? I agree. Oh, and and I, I look at what that is and I go, if that were the given, yeah. that they had access to that kind of conversation from, you know, from, oh, that's the other question, isn't it? When would you, when would you start? What would be the earliest ensemble? You don't have to teach it, but what would you, when did you think it should start? Oh. I reckon there's a version where we can work with one-year-olds. Oh, oh! <laughs> I reckon there's a version. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> you, may, uh, you know, I, I lose, uh, no, I don't have any interest until they can no. start to play with words. Yeah, yeah, Sorry. totally. I reckon probably, I, I reckon you'd go kind of, if we're talking about grades, you'd go like grade, I mean, you'd go grade one or preschool, wouldn't you? You know? Yeah, I mean, I think there are some extraordinary people working in that, yeah. works for super young people. Yeah. I look at, when you, you know when you get out to Mona? Yeah, and you yeah. see all the kids because, of course, it's free for Tasmanians. Yes. And so a lot of people living locally to the, to the actual museum, will, the, the gallery, will actually go in there and hang out for the day. Yeah. You know, families will just go in there because there's free air conditioning and free yeah. heating. Yeah, and totally. you kind of go, I'd much rather hang out there than in a, a shopping centre, you know. Yeah. And you watch kids running around and you watch these lilies and you just go, God, your brain is filled with some extraordinary art from day dot. Yeah. And you just yeah. go, that's an amazing thing. Yeah, and totally. I, I kind of get that question about access, real access. Totally. And I suppose that's the interesting thing about the digital, isn't it? Because that question yeah. of breaking down that geographic barrier, that's always a challenge to making art in Australia and access to art. Yeah. You run up against geography a lot. 100%. So to be able to really push, into, push harder into that area. I think it's, it's absolutely exciting. And it, but it's exciting for me in the mix of the both yeah. and how they can work together. Oh, yeah. The one doesn't replace know. the other because course, ultimately, ultimately... The digital is a tool for overcoming access issues. Yes. It, it doesn't replace the joy of that live space. No, 100% yeah. not. But yeah. over the kind of last few weeks, months now, I suppose, what, we're, what we've kind of learned as a team and as, as artists and what so many of our teaching artists have learned is that, yes, of course, you lose something in the moment, in the live, in the experience, but there are things that you gain that, that aren't just access in, on the digital. And like what? Wow. This is, we're just... I was talking to the uh, Young Artist Performance Ensemble, the Year 12 group, uh, who, who I'm about to kind of start with uh, in probably about 10 minutes. They're over there on a laptop, <laughs> waiting. <laughs> on Zoom, waiting. On Zoom, waiting. Um, 
And we, we kind of just were rehearsing through this play and I just stopped and went, why are you all so good? And I, just, and I just went, this is absolutely extraordinary and I know you're an extraordinary group of young people, but you, are you as extraordinary as another group of young Year 12 artists? And, you know, my answer is yes because they're a part of our company, but we started to talk about why their performances, why their performance was living and why they were making these beautiful choices and offers so early in the rehearsal process. And what we kind of deciphered and decided was that they actually felt super comfortable in their own bedrooms. I've been noticing this too with working with actors in developments because they're working in their super safe spaces, they're relaxing really yeah. quickly in ways that they wouldn't in a regular rehearsal room. Right. And the quality of performance that you're getting, quality of choice early on in the yeah. process, it's really good. It feels like week three when yeah. it's week one. Yeah, almost. yeah, yeah. And it's, it's a really interesting thing <coughs> that is happening. So, yeah, I know what you mean about that. Which is great. And, and the, yeah. I think the teachable moment in there or the experienceable moment for those young artists at the moment is what you're doing now, how can you do that how when do you, you're here? Yeah, how do you pick it up and, and put it into it. the live rehearsal room? And then, right. the, which is always the challenge, isn't it? We've, we've built a beautiful and safe rehearsal room where you're seeing amazing work. The challenge as the director is how do you pick that up and take that into a... Uh, onto a stage. That's right, a tech. Get yeah, through a tech. get through a tech. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we all yeah. know. But if, if there's a generation of young artists at the moment that are experiencing this from a kind of early age up to a tertiary level of going, this is what's happening to you right now and if you can kind of harness that and really start to think about it, because I don't think, I mean, I'm not an actor, but hanging around with them so much and working with them and teaching actors... I feel like you can't teach an actor what is good until they feel it. Or, and it's, I'm the same as artists. I don't know what's right sometimes until I go, oh, that's right. Yeah. You know? And if they've got that feeling now with a group of people on Zoom in their rooms, if they, they will be able to get closer to it. Yeah. I think it's going to help them in the long yeah. run. That's oh, I think that's a positive. Who yeah. knows? I might. An interesting thing to take forward into next year so far as whether you don't like whether there isn't a layer of teaching that actually happens so that they can work in that space yeah. so that you can actually talk to that directly. Totally. Yeah, it's an interesting time, isn't it? Where yeah. it's, it's not it's not a lost time. It's no. a full on working time, and we're learning huge things that we will take forward. How we do it is the question, and when we do it is the bigger question, of yeah, course. Yeah. But uh, but at the moment, it's a really interesting working space. Yeah. yeah. Exciting. It is exciting. Yeah. It is exciting, and I am interested. You know, you know, I'm not. I'm not so sure the billionaire is going to walk in and give us all the money that we want. Oh, would I want that for was it. Happening. You yeah. Just well, told you know, just uh, you know, I'm looking looking for billionaires. <laughs> looking for billionaires with a bit if of money you to are keep a yeah. But <laughs> but uh, but uh, but again, it's that question. That question is really just how can this grow? Where can it grow? Where do you want it to be? And how? I mean, ultimately, our job is to figure out how to do that without the billionaire. That's right. You know. Um, what matters and how do, how do we get there in the sort of future for what this program is. Because I look at what's happening here and I go, there must be a way to offer this beyond Queensland to the rest of the country because yeah. there are students around the whole country that would respond to something like the Scene Project. And I yeah, kind of go, how do we grow this? And what would be the need for doing that? And I go, well, with the big cuts to, to the companies that, that work with young people, big cuts that have happened in the last few years... I go, actually, there's a real source of, a strong source of idea about how young people can work and create coming out of this company. Mm. And I think that's something that we could share with the rest of the country, hopefully starting up that, that commitment to it again in other states. Yeah. The people that are running those companies are extraordinary. Yeah. And I know they'll be open to that. Oh, there are so many incredible regional theatre companies in this state. Yeah. And 
what we're doing now is trying to build partnerships with them. How do we work better and more holistically with those companies to kind of share the programs, even interstate? Mm. Uh, well, not... Intrastate. 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 And how can we harness the incredible power of those young minds out there and the people running those companies and, and increase access that way as well? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's really, really interesting. Um, I, I think that's a, a, a place that we're kind of heading as well. Well, I suppose your work is naturally connected because through the scene project and through the education department, naturally connected to the whole state. Yes, yes we may be based in Brisbane, but our teaching artists go out across the whole state. So yeah. you're con- constantly in conversations with those regional companies and honestly trying to find ways to actually share the resource that is Queensland Theatre with the state that it works for yeah. so that it's not just a, like a city-centric company. Yeah, I mean, our name's Queensland Theatre. Yeah. You know, yeah. Know. The job's on the door. Yeah, that's, that's, that's <laughs> yeah. right. And I, I, look, I, I think we're, we're getting closer every day yeah. at, to doing that, but I, I think there's a, there's a real kind of a movement with, with, with inside our department and, and the whole company to, to strive to make sure we are Queensland Theatre. Um, I think that working towards that's a super important thing. I'm, as I said, I'm from Mount Isa. Um, I don't think theatre ever came there. Maybe it came there once. Well, that's maybe my memory of it. And I go, well, yeah, what the, the kind of, as a, as a young person experiencing theatre, and I know this happened to you, experiencing live performance, there's something that just goes in, like, just changes in your brain a little bit. Um, maybe it's like the first time you run out on a football field or, or, or yeah, I, I don't know how to, I don't know how to relate it because actually it's, it's, it feels like it's more powerful than that, you know. And, and it doesn't ha- always have to be a show. Sometimes it can just be an inspiring artist that comes and works with you and goes, have you thought about this? Mm. Or here's this weird play, get up and do it, you smashed it. And if we can do that to as many young people without the billionaire or with the billionaire <laughs> uh, across the country, I think we're doing our job properly, hopefully. Yeah. That seems like a great note to finish on, doing our job properly. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> no matter what the circumstances. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, no matter what the circumstances. And the circumstances may suck at the moment when it comes to our ability to experience live theatre, but I suppose this is a chance for you to see that we may not be doing shows, but when we're not doing shows, the work of this company is still going on, and it's a huge amount of work, and I have to say a big thank you to the whole education department in the company for the extraordinary amount of work that you've done in the, last, in the last few weeks in making sure that our young people stay connected and don't miss out on what they were looking forward to as an extraordinary experience in their year. I think our, uh, the group that you're about to go work, work with turned up for last week's Zoom session all in their... Um, in their formal in gear. In their formal gear because that's, <laughs> again, something they, they're missing out on because of, uh, because of the, uh, the, yeah. the shutdown and the isolation at the moment. So the fact that they're not missing out on their year as the performing ensemble uh, is really important, has been really important. And so thank you. I know that you all killed yourself to get it done, <laughs> um, but I think yeah. it's making a huge difference in the lives of the, the, the students who are engaged in the company this yeah. year. So, well, I hope so. And thank you, Travis, and thank, thank you. you all for joining us for a little bit of quality time with QT. Thanks so much for listening to Quality Time. Please rate and review it and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn and Twitter at QLD Theatre. You can visit our website, queenslandtheatre.com.au, to sign up to our e-news and learn more about the stories we'll be sharing next. We hope to see you at the theatre again soon. Bye.